Thank God it's Free Range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now. UMFM, this is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Owls, and kicking things off for us tonight, that's Brixton artist Wu Lu with Blame off of the new album Loggerhead, just dropped this week on Warp. 
And uh, man, lots of great new music dropping. Uh, we are going to play an interview that I did as part of the Festival Express series with Jeremy Haywood Smith, a.k.a. Jay Wood. Uh, the album Slingshot comes out today, or I mean, I guess technically came out at midnight last night. And uh, boy, oh boy, what a solid record. And so I can't wait to uh, share some new stuff from that record. Uh, when we in- did the interview, uh, he picked one of the unreleased tracks at the time. We couldn't play it because it hadn't yet been cleared for airplay. Uh, so you are going to hear uh, a different version of the end of that interview as he uh, I, I put back in his recommendation for uh, a- another track that uh, was only available as of today. Uh, we've got some great new music for you until we get to uh, that interview. Uh, Mama, new group on Polyvinyl with an uh, album called Household Name. We're going to hear Speeding 72 from them. we got Camp Crush with a little something off their new EP, Always. Metric is back, and uh, they released Formentera this past week. We're going to hear one of my favorite tracks off of that as well. Keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM. <laughs>
just makes it harder to think straight Starting over after it breaks Starting over when the story's got an astounding twist You better turn that page When push it comes to shove We do not fall out of love We double down, we do not fade No 
Kilimanjaro Sans se parler, on se connaît Sans regarder, on s'est touché Quand tu descends, tout est monté Si tu t'arrêtes, je partirai Emmène-moi tout en haut, tout en haut Du Kilimanjaro, voir les neiges éternelles Briller toute la nuit, play au huitième ciel Ce soir tu fais mon Kenya, Kilimanjaro Petit drac au Kenya, Kilimanjaro Je me renversera, Kilimanjaro
Right before the break, you heard Destroyer with It Takes a Thief. That's off of Labyrinthitis. Uh, one out of my five ballot choices for the Polaris Prize. Uh, sadly, as well as I did on the long list, I got four out of five of my selections there. I only got one out of five on the short list that was announced yesterday on uh, CBC and online. Uh, it was D- Labyrinthitis. Uh, however, I did play two other tracks from artists that I really considered for spots on the Polaris. I do my own sort of personal long list when it comes down to voting and deciding on my ballot. Uh, so you heard Kilimanjaro from Pierre Quanders, of Jose Louis and the Paradox of Love, and Ombigazi with Uyin from Sewn Back Together. Uh, we heard Metric with All Comes Crashing, Camp Crush with All Kinds of Time, and we started that off with Mama with Speeding 72. Uh, we're going to play my interview with Jay Wood after this next cut. It's from Black Midi. Uh, earlier today on Cretan Radio, I know Rob played a different cut. Uh, this is the last cut on the record. Kind of a sweeping, emotional, Baroque pop style kind of thing before it goes crazy at the end. Uh, I was saying to Rob off air, this really reminds me of if uh, The Fall and Wire had kind of a musical baby. The album's called Hellfire. This is The Defense here on 101.5 UMFM. When crowds form out doorways and the street lamps are lit, one of my disciples begins his wandering. In the alleys, in the main streets, he searches for men. The virile, pathetic, and lame. Leading them in to our establishment, he starts to cry.
right. Well, he is set to uh, release his new record just days after playing the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Jeremy Haywood Smith, performing under the name Jay Wood, joins us by phone. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going. It's going well. Just trying to stay away from the heat. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, stay healthy, productive, stay, mindful, all the things. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're uh, we're recording in this, this in the midst of a, a pretty big heat wave, and fingers crossed it cools off a little for the time you uh, take the stage at Birds Hill. Oh man, I can only imagine performing or even just having festivals in this weather will be be kind of scary, but yeah, fingers crossed. Well, I know I caught you at Pride uh, mm. on on the stage, and it was it was a warm day. Like, do you do any different prep for for a concert like that? <laughs> no, I, I I think I'm still. I still dress like it's fall, which is just me. Like I, I always, I never really notice the weather shift until it's like, until it's like this. I'm like, oh, it's actually summer now. Okay, I can, you know, start wearing lighter clothes. I think for Pride, I was like, this feels like a summer show, so I'm like, I'm just wear shorts and wear a super flowy shirt. And thankfully, it seemed like we were dressed very appropriately for for that performance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a really really lovely day. Yeah, uh, f- yeah. So fingers crossed, we get something similar uh, weather-wise yeah. uh, out at Burt Hill. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like the set you played that day, is that kind of similar to what you anticipate you'll be, you know, doing at Folk Fest? Like, like, do mm. you kind of plan for the audience, or what's your kind of like mindset for that? Yeah, I think for the Folk Fest set, it'll be very similar to that the the Pride set, just because it's the week before the album drops, and I want to start playing songs after the album is released. Mm. So I, I think I'll maybe add one more new song to the set, a cover. And yeah, I, our, we have an earlier time slot. And initially I was like, oh, we should play slower songs. But I'm like, now I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm just going to, let's just be loud and play the super high energy set middle of the day. And that's going to be totally cool on its own. For sure. Now you've been Ooh. releasing songs off of Slingshot kind of like little by little. What, kind of decision making goes into like which track at what time mm. um i think for track decision for me i really wanted to try to get a general sense of the scope of the album like i was like if it's all if it's all the songs that feel or sound the same to anything that i've put out it just won't be interesting for me so i really wanted to try to get people to listen to the songs that would kind of give you a general idea of some of the sounds and themes on the album as a whole. As for like the singles, there was a lot of discussion with both labels and like PR about the singles for this album, because like I, 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 I call it the no skip album where every song feels like it could be a single and the label very much agreed with that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, they went back and forth for a while. I, pitched my ideas of the songs that I felt would probably be the best representation of the album. And thankfully, you know, um, through talking to everybody, that's kind of the dis- what we decided on. There were like some really clear, like for sure, for sure songs that were going to be singles. Like Thank You and Just Saying were for sure going to be singles. And I think just planning around when to make, when to, to do those was interesting. But it ended up working out, and it's a cool little uh, single array that's out right now. Yeah, so you have two labels. You have a Canadian label and then an international, mm-hmm. Royal Mountain and Capture Tracks. 
Mm-hmm. Is it like does it present a difficulty kind of dealing with two different labels? Like, like, do you ever get kind of like cross messages in terms of like which one they want to focus on, or like is it fairly in concert between the two? I think it's fairly in concert. Like, Capture Tracks is pretty much everything outside of Canada, whereas Royal Mountain is specifically in Canada. So, I think I do a lot of my like general talking with Capture Tracks just because they kind of hold a lot more of the territories and, and that. And like from those discussions, we'll all collectively talk to Royal Mountain and we'll get their insight. And then, yeah, it just be kind of, it just becomes like a big conversational pool. So it seems like it's been working really great. And thankfully, yeah, everything's moved along nicely. Now you'd released some days like on your own. And then now this will be the, the first record under this, this deal with these labels. Oh, well, or- some days actually came out, on the label did it okay so i guess yeah. you, re- you re- in- released it independently first though right yes yeah, yeah. okay Back that's maybe how i've got my timeline my... yeah i got it yeah so mm. uh so they picked it up they released some days but this is like the first kind of like fresh record under yeah. the under the two yeah did that like change c- your creative process at all like was there any sort of uh input beforehand like in sort of pre-production er- and and that kind of a- aspect um it was kind of interesting like some days like the ep was fully done fully mastered everything and when we were negotiating the overall like record deal like the label signing i was like look i have this ep because when i was talking to jane who i did most of the kind of um just relationship building with i i was sending her demos from the, the new album like i was working on the new album before I was even on the label and I was like, here are all the demos and she was super stoked on it. But I was like, I'm going to need more time to get it done though. And but I'm like, I, if I have the right, have the time, have the resources, here's an EP we can put out. And if I just have like another year and some change, because at that time we were in like COVID and I couldn't record it properly. And I was like, ah, I don't want to do it at home because it won't sound the way I want to. So yeah, thankfully the EP kind of bought me more time, mm. and it worked as like a one-two punch because for me it's like really great to have my first body of work right next to my newest body of work because it shows the furthest. It's just like the biggest representation of growth, which for me is like the main theme of the album. So I was like, perfect. Even in in influenced the name of the album being Slingshot. It was that idea of like being pulled to the all the way back and being shot forward again, which is a really cool little Easter egg there. Mm. But yeah, I think it's, um, it didn't so much influence. It just kind of gave me a little more time, which was really nice. Right. So mm-hmm. you, you mentioned the, like the thematic idea. I'd also read that this is kind of treated as like a day in the life. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like everything I do is pretty conceptual, but this one feels like, it, like the whole thing takes place in the course of one day. There is a whole overarching story in the album. Um, I feel like the execution of that story, I like. I had multiple drafts of the album, and I was like, you know, it was longer, it was more dialogue, and I was like, you know what? Make it as concise as possible, and leave the listener having to do some of the work on their own. <clears throat> um and uh yeah it takes course it takes over course over the one night 
And, um, yeah, it's just playing out a bunch of different scenarios and things that are happening. I, who knows? Maybe after the album's out, I'll release the, the script that accompanies the album and people can kind of get a better idea of what I was trying to say. So was that script mapped out before you started writing some of the songs or was that in looking at the songs you created a script that sort of linked them? I think it slowly started to happen in tandem. Like I, when I had a good beginning, I was starting to type out the script, but as I was getting closer to the middle, I was like, I need a song that'll fit this part of the script. Cause I knew what, how the, how the album was going to start and I knew how it was going to end. But then I was like working um, back and forth on both ends to kind of fill in the middle. And then I was like, Oh, okay. This song that I'm like playing around with makes sense here. And then this song makes sense here. And even the album layout was in the other drafts. It was like very different. Like some of the songs that were at the end of the album were at the top. And I was like, this has a better flow. Like the album sequence that's there now is just like, it really, for me, when I hear it, I hear that night and day cycle. Cause it goes from like early evening to middle of the night to early morning. And I think the way that the album's laid out now really kind of showcases that, or at least it does for me. Um, so, yeah. So that, that notion of like evening to like late night to then like dawn, that Ooh. lands shine in the middle of the night. Yep. So yep. that's, and I, as I understand it, you wrote that the night George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. So it was intentionally placed there because that is a, an especially dark point. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I had, um, I was talking to Matthew James Wilson, who wrote the bio for the, like, just the new Jaywood bio, when we were talking about the album, he made it, he, he actually drew that point, and he made it really interesting, he's like, it's so interesting that uh, the darkest moment on the album is called Shine, mm. which I was like, oh, I, didn't, I really didn't even think of that, but that's kind of it, and I think it, yeah, it falls in the middle of the album, and then the song right after that is almost meant to guide you kind of out of it. And yeah, shine. It's like <laughs> that's that, a complicated one for sure. Is that quote, it's always darkest before the dawn? That uh... Exactly. You know, like I, I think you get glimmers of like shining moments even in the song, like in those pre-courses um, where it's just like big synths and like super shiny music. And then it immediately goes back to like this dark brooding hip-hop beat and yeah i think as much as i'm trying to be i don't know if it's like militant or just like actively aware of certain things but like i i try to sprinkle moments of optimism in there i think that's something i've always tried to do in my work mm-hmm. um i'd be curious to see what happens if i stop doing that and what my viewpoints are with certain things so but yeah, for that one, I just wanted to kind of have this song work as a, a middle piece and also a changing of uh, perception. I think as this character is going through the night, um, I think after Shine, it's like realizing that you kind of have to do more for yourself and look deeper within yourself to to kind of pave the way for your future. Had you written a song before, like in the instance right after something like not necessarily like someone's murder, but like an event that mm. happened that you like forced you to kind of reckon with it. Um, not 
really no this was the first time that i've written a song out of a reaction like there was a, i i guess for for thank you you know i started working on that song you know before my mom passed away and i think i kind of had the idea early on that like even if it goes one or the other way this song will still be the same thing no matter what but you know with her passing i was like I kind of know what I want to do with it now. Like, I, I don't want it to be a sad song. I want it to feel very light and very, very celebratory because, yeah, that's, you know, something that was spoken about between her and I. And, yeah, with Shine, I think I, after George Floyd was murdered, I, I that's such a weird day because I remember just sitting down and being like, this feels so different than ever before. And I think it was largely because the timing of the pandemic where it's like there were less distractions. And I think there was just because of that, we were just feeling things way more. And from that point, you know, I just started, I, I kind of put a, a very loose skeleton together and I was like, yeah, this is going to be the whole song, I think. And this is, I kind of already know what I want this to be as well. And I, I want to really step out of my comfort zone here in every way, like even trying to write a song about, you know, connecting to more people that look like me um, to write a song about something that everyone was very much aware of and to not so much offer an opinion or an observation. It's just like, this is my experience with this event. And yeah, I, I hope that that's, isn't coming across as preachy or cloud chasey or anything like that. It's more so just my experience with that moment. I think if it's honest, it's not preachy, right? It's not. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's Very just true. a direct message. And I mean, you, you tap into honesty on, on this record throughout. I mean, you, you said, you know, you mentioned your, your mother's passing and that, you know, the thank you is a reflection of that. And you, you deal I know you talked about, you know, going to therapy in an interview you did mm. before South by Southwest that, you know, dealing with mental health issues is something that you address within the context of your songs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I try to, yeah, I, I, for this album, it's interesting. I really didn't want to write another album about me and my experiences, but I think I naturally, gravitate to that because it's the easiest thing to write about but also it just offers a moment where i can actually maybe try to form connections with people listening if, if they want that i yeah i was doing a lot of deep dives while working on this album and i think it was impossible not to inevitably gravitate to those deep dives like i even in in the in the concept of the album the first I want to say a couple songs or me trying to look outward and not be focusing on my own things. But I think um, in doing that, I found that the more I looked out, the more I was just seeing the world as kind of just a mirror. And it's hard not to see myself in certain things when it's like I could be in those situations and everyone around me can be in those situations. And from that, I was able to just, yeah, I, I just had to look at myself and start talking about myself, which was something I was having to do in therapy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was a whole thing. Were there any 
like revelations in therapy that like became lyrics or like thematic kind of you know points of of departure for for the creative process right um i think even before i started going into therapy the notion of connecting with my younger self has become a pretty prevalent thing since like 2018 and i think through therapy of really digging in the past and me like also just going through my past like the whole time I was working on this album, I was biking like a mad person. I was biking every single day in the summertime, and that's where I was writing this album the most. And like from that, I would like be biking to my old, my schools, like where I, where I grew up in my old neighborhoods, and all these things. I was trying to just like see and remember how I felt in these places and just like my past. And I I think I would bring that to therapy and try to sift through it and then that eventually became something I would write into the script for the album and or that would be a character I made for the script to represent that or it would just become little tiny nuggets in the lyrics that only I would really know what they mean unless I told someone what they meant. So there's a lot of like lyrics that they'll make sense to me immediately but they might not make sense the first listen. Right. Until I maybe explain it or or don't, but I think I kind of like the idea of people being able to place their own experiences on top of you know a piece of art. I don't think it should be just one thing and one way of seeing things. Right. I mean, that's I think a classic thing. Once uh, once an artist releases something into the world, they have to reckon with the fact that where the listener greets it. Mm-hmm. is based on you know where that listener is at in their own life is is the reason you're sitting on a bike on the cover a tribute to the, all that biking you did yeah it's uh it's also a big theme on the album it's like you know uh to kind of talk on the concept a little bit it's like uh this character is biking through multiple areas and then a lot of things are happening within each area and um yeah it gets it starts off pretty light and fun and then it just gets kind of serious and then it becomes kind of shiny and kind of hopeful, I would I would think, and hope. But yeah, the bike is definitely the biggest theme on the album, for sure. Mm. The, the title you alluded to, Slingshot, kind of being, you know, the, mm-hmm. the narrative pull of, like, going backwards to then go forwards. I was also mm-hmm. thinking with a slingshot, obviously there's, like, the tension that, like, yep. mounts as you pull backwards, right? And mm-hmm. ultimately there's that release, and then you're propelled forward from it. Yep. Is, was that sort of like in the back of your mind in terms of like f- feeling past the things that are pulling you back or feeling some sense of relief? Yeah, that that was entirely the whole thing around the the idea of slingshot. Like I, as I was looking in the past and like going through like hard realizations or whatever I was working through in therapy and just like on my own as I was biking and like having to accept about things. It's like, Oh, I'm never going to get these memories or these moments back again. That is hard in itself. Even if it's a good moment or if it's a bad moment, it's like, man, you know, you miss those moments just because whatever you feel like, I don't know. Like we look back and we're like, Oh man, things were much easier back in the day or like things were a lot different. It's like, yeah, I think about that a lot. Like I think that there was just less distraction, like, or maybe I was just young and I, didn't pay attention to those things, but I kind of missed that, that being aloofness just to experience and have fun and just, yeah. And I think because of that, it makes it hard to look back. But I also realize 
that just, and it, this is something that interesting. I was having this conversation earlier of just like the idea of just because you are older does not mean you can't still connect with your younger self. So I think going back and looking through your past is a way to connect with yourself. And then as hard as that is, the, the, the connection you make and form with yourself can kind of connect you to things that you didn't realize you lost touch with, like, you know, your creativity, your passions, certain friends, certain things that you forgot. You're like, oh, I totally forgot I used to love going uh, fit, like bowling every Sunday. It's like, oh, I should do that again. And then before you know it, you feel better. And before, and then from feeling better, you're making better connections and all those things. And you're propelling forward in a happier life. So I think the idea of that was very prevalent on this album. And I was like, this is probably my best collection of songs so far. So I'm like, if this thing, you know, <laughs> like for me, it's like putting that on wax, I guess, and being like, yeah, this thing is going to make me feel better. Because when I look back at it, I'll be like, oh, shit, I, I, I did a lot of work on this thing. Mm. And not even just music, just like in the whole experience leading up to the album, like losing a parent, the pandemic, and choosing to do this rather than do anything else. I, I, I can look back at this and feel like really proud of myself for that. For sure. Well, before I let you go, Jeremy, I want to get you to pick a song off of the album that we can play for listeners. Uh, sure. I know we've talked about several of them, but if, if you have a reason why you're picking that one in particular, I'd love to hear it. The whole, like the new whole album. Um, oh, for Okay. Well, when the album comes out, um, I would say Kitchen Floor is probably my favorite song on the album. So, yeah, listen to that one. It's It's really sick. It's definitely a song that I think the younger version of me, if I heard that on the radio, I'd be so fucking stoked. So Kitchen Floor is that song. My pick, for sure. Okay. Give mm-hmm. that one a listen. Uh, so playing Winnipeg Folk Fest and then just days later releasing uh, Slingshot. Uh, Jeremy, thanks very much for taking some time and uh, and good luck with both. Thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate it.
got stuck by that stingray. That's pretty jacked up. But if you remember when I lost the brakes in my Pontiac and crashed it, you thought that was so funny. My dad was pretty ticked off. Change it all, I'm sure. 
Back here on Thank God It's Free Range, you just heard Aurora from Mild Orange off of their album Looking for Space that came out earlier this year. Uh, from something that's out end of the month, Wilder Maker off of Male Models with one of the singles they've released so far. That's a professional featuring Felicia Douglas. And we started that set off with Tijuana Panthers and my favorite track off of their new album, Halfway to 80. That was Take Back Time. Out today, Tammy Nielsen's latest record is called Kingmaker on Outside Music. Uh, almost predominantly all Tammy by herself, but one great duet with the icon, Willie Nelson. It's called Beyond the Stars. We're going to give that one a listen. We're going to play a couple root songs for you here as we uh, kind of change vibes. Not necessarily setting things up for After 8 Radio, which is uh, a decidedly different vibe than the country. But uh, I have to say, I was listening to uh, Willie Nelson's Teatro album uh, earlier this week. Pulled that one out. Daniel Lenoir produced it. And it's it's from that clutch of like really great kind of established country artists finding their, uh, rediscovering their sound, let's say. And a really great guitar record really focuses in on how fantastic an axe man Willie Nelson is. Uh, regardless, though, I would really encourage you to uh, check out both Kingmaker and Teatro. This is Tammy Nielsen and Willie Nelson here on 101.5 UMFM. Last night I woke from a dream you and me together Tears on my face when I realize that we're still apart I close my eyes and I try to go back to my slumber The only place that you exist now since you did depart Beyond the stars I can hear the guitars They're calling me up to be with you Beyond the velvet sky, darling Will you and I dance to the beat of our hearts To the place Back the curtain of indigo And come and go with me Follow me up past the moonlight And beyond the sky I won't let the breath leave my chest Without taking you with me Here in my heart we will never depart, darling, we will fly. Beyond the stars, can you hear the guitars? They are calling you up to be with me. Beyond the velvet sky, darling. You will never leave me all 
circus is coming through Everybody knows That when you purchase a ticket You expect to get a show Or take a look at me I'm just a clown And on my face I wear a frown I paid the cost To hang around So take a look at me I'm just a clown The Joker Stands in the middle And turns A trick for you Sometimes you know it's better to be thought of as a fool or take a look at me. I'm just a clown and on my face I wear a frown. I've paid the cost to hang around. So take a look at me. I'm just a clown.